another episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I am your host as always, Jeremy, here to make the world seem a little more normal, even though that these days that's pretty impossible. But my guest today is going to help with that a little, as always. And yes, I have another Podmatch found guest. Podmatch, not sponsor, but you could be. And my guest today is Michelle Millen, who is a psychic intuitive and also has an author of children's books and much, much, much more. She just has a lot to offer in this world and we're going to find out a little bit about everything she does. So Michelle, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, Jeremy. How are you doing? Busy day, but I can't complain. It's been a good day and now I get to podcast, which is my love. So I am totally down with that. (laughs) That's so cool. It's wonderful when you can do something that you love so much that you enjoy so much. Yes, it definitely does make life a little easier when you get to finish your workday and all that stress just goes away because you're going to start doing something you love, which is an important lesson in life for anybody. So right there, in the first two minutes, I give people life lessons. Gotta love it. (laughs) Definitely. So the first question I ask everybody on this show is, what got you into the paranormal slash spiritual world? Oh my gosh, to answer that question, I have to go back to to childhood. Um, In my primary home with my parents, there wasn't a lot of talk about that, but my dad's parents, they had quite a few experiences of their own that they would talk about freely as part of like everyday life. And so at a young age, um, I learned a little bit about reincarnation. I learned about spirits next to the bed. I learned about playing games such as like table up and my grandparents, they had a shared experience with Bigfoot. Oh yeah, they did. That just just totally got my attention. (laughs) Well, um, I mean, well, let's focus on you for now. We can jump back into that in a little bit, but. I'm happy to talk about that at at any point, but that was kind of just, what my childhood was like. I do believe that my grandma um, was a psychic also or had um, some abilities there, but she passed away before she could teach them to me. And so she's letting me know in other ways now. So that was my childhood. Of course, from there, I moved into um, having experiences of my own. The first one I can recall is uh, after my grandma passed, hearing someone call my name when I was the only one home. And then I went into exploring things on my own. Ouija board scared me to death. We'll probably never do it again. And um, <laughs> just kind of having knowings throughout my life, like a feeling that something's going to happen and then something similar to it happening. Uh, then I became a mom and everything, I, I really wanted to jump in at that time, but I was too busy. And then three years ago, I was at a friend's house and I was trying to fall asleep. And that night, the light in her closet went completely crazy. It started blinking on and off, on and off, on and off. And so it kind of scared me a little bit, but I'm like, okay, it's good. Like, I'm not going to freak out too much. Um, The next day, there was an accident. We were going to be flying out. So we left for the airport very early. And I can't ever sit still. And so I decided to walk around the airport and listen to a podcast. And that week on the podcast was an aura reader. And she spoke to my soul. And ever since then, including that night, I had a visitation from my grandma. Things have been opening up for me. Well, I will say that is a a lot of things to happen in a short span of time so, to say. So I was talking like 47 years. <laughs> so up till that point. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's still a lot of stuff to happen in that amount of time. There, yeah. there are some people like me who go through 34 years of life and only have one or two experiences and nothing else to really point them in the right direction. But well, I'd love to hear about them if you have time to share them maybe a little bit later if we get if we okay. bring something that relates to them i my listeners have heard my stories a lot so i don't like to bring them up too often because otherwise i'm gonna bore them to uh, death. Gotcha. So, but basically it's a it's a ghost talking to me in a ufo saying those are the only two things that really happened to me okay nothing physical which i'd love to have happen but you know those who want to have things happen don't have things happen that's just the way life goes so 
well, I'm gonna start off with this because you it says right in your profile that you've had a spiritual awakening, which I am a big believer in that there's a huge spiritual awakening going on in the world. I've had multiple psychics tell me it either started about five years ago or back in 2012. I have I've heard both, and it just basically both make me think, but the 2012 one really resonates with me because of the whole Mayan calendar thing. The first person that told me that, I just all of a sudden, I got awestruck, and I was like, 2012. I'm like, Mayans? And they're like, possibly. I'm like, interesting theory I never thought of before. But tell us about your spiritual awakening and how it changed you. Um, It changed me in every single way possible. It started at the end of 2019. Again, um, I heard a podcast. I was inspired. Um, I had an interaction with my grandma, a dream visitation that night. We were in a hotel. Um, I saw her there. I hugged her. I could smell her. Um, I could like feel her. And then I woke up and there was a, a light strobing in the, the bedroom that I'm like, okay, this is really kind of cool that this happened. And then um, I started walking down the path of finding out a little bit more about the bigger picture. I really stepped into following the aura reader and learning that I'm an empath. So everything I thought was completely strange about me growing up actually as an empath is pretty normal. Like um, being an empath, it's hard for me to differentiate my feelings and the feelings of other people in the room. I, I like take them on. And so a lot of people always called me moody. And I was like, I don't know why I'm moody. I just, this is who I am. And then also I see every shade of gray when talking with people. And I always thought, you know, that was kind of a blessing and kind of a curse, but I've only found out recently that if someone with emotion behind it tells me how they're feeling, I'm going to be able to step into their point of view and understand it, even if it's at my own detriment. All right. Which makes sense. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine getting called moody because of feeling other people's feelings. I'd be so mad. Yeah, <laughs> but, I didn't know that's what was happening. I just knew that I was fine and then I was in a bad mood. So, or in a really good mood. It was really, I just had no idea. I was unaware. I was an unaware empath, I guess. And afternoon, Facebook user. Not sure who you are, but welcome. I You got to go to streamyard.com slash Facebook to have and accept it so they can show your name. I say that every show, I'm pretty sure, but... It just doesn't happen. But so, what was I saying? So, what's been the hardest part, would you say, besides? Oh, hello, Tamara. I don't know why you, your name's not showing up. Showed up yesterday. That's strange. But, but so, what's the hardest part about all this besides being called moody, like, and then learning to accept all this? What would you consider the most difficult challenge of it? Well, so many fascinating things happen. It's hard to know who to share them with. It's in my everyday, day-to-day -day life. I don't have a lot of people who I can just go and talk to about what's happening because they'll look at me um, kind of like through side eyes or, huh, you know, that vac vacant um, look on their face. Uh, so that's been really hard. But I have found a great community of people and friends that I can talk to about this. So it's hard. It's been hard finding people I can share my experiences with. Um, it's also been hard having my physical body adjust because I always think there's something wrong with my eyes. Did I really see that? Um, so many trips to the eye doctor just to confirm my, my sight was fine. And um, yeah, really opening up to it to the people in my, my world, like coming out here for me, um, having this conversation on an open platform. Um, is pushing my comfort zone, but in a way I want to. It's a direction. I want to open up. I want to talk about these things. All right, which, I mean, that's very respectable right there that you want to experience all this. I know many people who have experienced things like this in their life, and they talk to me about it privately, and they just say, like, I don't want to go out into the world and say, I can do these things. I can sense these things because they're worried about the backlash of people, which mainly being family and so how has your family taken all this? Is it Are they accepting of it or have they been argumentative about it? Um, I've had both reactions. I've had people very supportive and excited and wanting 
to talk to me about things, asking me what I feel. I have other people who think it's like a party trick, like, oh, bring out your cards right now and we'll just play this little game. And then I've had other people think it's evil. And so I, I've had a little bit of everything and I'm learning who I can talk to and open up about this too and who I cannot. Which is, I'm sure, is a process that everybody who does this has to go through at some point. Because, right. I mean, my my wife, for instance, she since she was a child, she's been sensitive to things, and she's had premonitions, and she would say these things to her grandmother, and her grandmother used to tell her, like, "You're of the devil." So, oh, I mean, hard. family, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I don't know if I mean her grandma was very religious, so I don't know if her grandmother was just saying that I'd have been jest. Or if she was actually really serious about it. I mean, she never tried to have like her exercise or anything, but still, at least I know of. <laughs> but I mean, it's just some people can be very, there are very stubborn people out there who find it hard to believe that anything besides what they experience can happen in the world. So, right. And it's even been hard for me because I, I was um, raised Lutheran and taking my religious background and the experiences that I'm having and try to figure out how they come together and just accepting it the best I can um in my own mind and moving forward with that see i'm i was the same way i was raised christian i'm i'm an, I'm an agnostic now i don't really lend my hand to any religion per se because i hate organized religion at this point because of everything they've done in the world but i do i do have some spirituality and but it's funny because when I was a young Christian, I believed in Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster and all the cool cryptids I read about in books in school. But I couldn't believe that people could do telepathy or that they could read people's minds or that they could anything or just sense things. I mean, I didn't believe any of that. And then as I got older, I just realized how stupid I was as a kid not believing in that stuff. Like, of course, if, if there's physical cryptids out there, there has to be people who could do certain things. I mean, people have abilities over the world that they find out about as they get older. I know I'm a little, you know, upset with myself that I didn't have time to jump into this when I was younger. I was busy doing the parent thing and um, distracted by other things. And I feel like I, I need to make up for lost time now and wanting all the answers now. And that's not exactly how it works. So just finding patience and balance is a new thing that I'm learning uh, through spirituality and um, I like quiet a lot. I like to meditate yeah. a lot. So, yeah, I've been told meditation is a huge thing in this world, and that you have to, if you want to enhance abilities, you have to meditate. I've had multiple psychics tell me that they think I have the ability to, but I need to meditate in order to really open it up. I'm like, I have two young kids and a full time job plus yeah. two podcasts. I don't have time to meditate. <laughs> if I'm meditating, I'm sleeping. <laughs> but. And it's perfectly normal. Like sometimes I will be meditating and fall asleep and be like, dang, did I even get anything out of it? But I think I did. I think that's just what needed to happen. So yeah, I was gonna say, I think that's meant to happen sometimes. I think your that's your that's your mind's way of saying, no meditation right now, you need to rest. But so and I and I'm and I'm I believe you said you had four kids. You have four kids, I believe. I do, four boys. Which, that's, which four boys is a handful. So I can understand why you didn't have time when you were younger to try to, I mean, I have two kids and that's, I mean, we'd like a third, but I mean, I don't know. It's just two kids and a dog keeps me busy whenever I'm not doing things I need to do. So. Yeah. Well, our just, boys grew up and then I decided to get two dogs. So it's like, I need the chaos ooh. around me, I guess. What breed of you mommy me asking? Oh, I, I don't mind at all. Labrador retrievers. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. Medium-sized dogs then. I got, I got, I got two. I got, I have, well, I have one Mastiff. I had one Mastiff, as you know, that died. Actually, I know I didn't tell you that online. I have somebody else. But I had an 18-week-old Mastiff die on me because of misshaped kidneys. So oh, no. it, that was sad. But we are getting another second one in like four or five weeks. So, but we, we're going to, so we, we basically have two Mastiffs running in the house at all times. So, yeah, it's fun having a huge puppy running around the oh, house yeah. doesn't realize, that, that, too. that doesn't realize how big she is yet and she likes to get into everything and bite everything and chew everything it's just so fun <laughs> no that is, that is fun and yeah we're just getting past that chewing stage so so 
when was the first time when you like realized you were psychic? Like when's the first time you actually got a, how old were you when you first got like a message, like a, a spirit trying to talk to you or tell you something? Well, I am, you hear the term psychic and you hear the term medium and psychic, you're getting um, the information a lot from the world or around you from different sources, from intuition. And I always have thought of a medium as when somebody's in front of you telling you like a deceased loved one or a spirit. Um, I have had experiences with both, but I tend to lean more into the psychic side of things because I'm so new at this. When I get medium messages, I don't always trust myself to share them because I'm fearful of hurting somebody or saying the wrong thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm more comfortable with the psychic side of things. And, oh gosh, to go back. Um, I do remember there was an accident that happened um, many years ago, like 30 years ago. Um, and my first thought went to a family that I knew and was really hoping and praying they were okay. And I did reach out to them only to find out they were the first car on the scene of the accident. So they weren't in it, but they were the first yeah. car after the accident. So basically they almost witnessed it if they didn't witness it. So, which. Yes. Which yeah. That, and she that, was a nurse, so she was able to help too on the scene so she was actively helping to save them that's interesting that's mm -hmm. that's i mean because that's almost that's almost i mean being in an accident is horrible but being the person first person to come across it and see it is almost as horrible because it's just like you have to witness the carnage and hope that you can help in some way otherwise it'll eat at you for a while like why couldn't i get there why was i there sooner or something along those lines exactly yeah. I mean, I, I literally had that happen a couple months ago because I used to drive around for my job and I literally saw an accident, like two cars behind me. And it, it was one of those fast turn over to the side of the road, stop, call 911 type things. And I didn't have to get out of my car even though because there was like five other people already running over to the car. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm like, can I go? They're like, yeah, you can go. We, we already have people on the way. I'm like, okay, going on then. <laughs> but I felt bad the whole day because I'm like, should I have gotten out? I'm like, no, there's people already there. Why would I get out? You don't right. need one more person trying to like make it a mess of things. Like right. just, well, we actually have a question. If you do, if you are possible, if you do know the answer for psychics, is it possible to, to read people online? Just wondering, I, heard that that can happen. I believe so. So when I stepped into really developing my, my, my psychic side, um, again, I started learning about the empath side of me, and then I found a wonderful course online during COVID, and I took the seven-week course, and then I did training with um, the person whose course it is for a year. And part of that training required us to do um, 10 readings a month, and I'd never read for anyone other than family before. So blind readings, people we didn't know. And during COVID, you know, of course, we couldn't meet face to face. So a lot of it was done online, um, either telephonically or through Zoom. So I, I do think it's possible. It's just about connecting with the energy and setting the intent with the person before, I believe. I will say, I, I will say, answer that question as well. I've had mediums and psychics on my show that after the recording ended and we went off live, they literally had like, gave me a reading out of the blue because they sent something when when they were talking to me and it's just like they don't know me and they don't know me they they never met me before so how would they know anything about me and the reading this one gave me was just so wow like literally my grandfather's spirit according to her was right beside me when i was doing the podcast the whole time and i was just like and it was the grandfather i wasn't even close to too it was the other one <laughs> i was like really he can visit me. Why would he visit me? He, he didn't. He didn't treat me that well in life. So it was just I don't know. She couldn't really get a message from him. She was just basically confirming it was him with me. But right. I, I oh, that's so cool. Know. Yes. It, it was cool, but it was also trippy because I mean, when I talk to certain psychics, means I talk to not all of them, but certain ones, I get like a feeling in the middle of my head in my brain I can't push away, and that's why some of them think that like I have abilities. I just block them by not meditating and by 
being busy all the time. So, right, it is I just really, and you asked like part of the one of the hard or the hardest part about stepping into onto this path, and it really is trusting yourself for me because I do find I'm second guessing myself a lot, and that doesn't help. <laughs> so just you you have to trust yourself, and when you get that feeling, maybe. Um, sit with it for a minute and see if anything more comes from it and start building off that. And, oh, um, well, Tamara also wanted to say thank you for answering. Oh, I don't know. Welcome. Tamara, I don't know what's going on with the name of this thing. I honestly don't know what it is with StreamYard. I got to look into it more for my guests, but I mean, for well, for my guests and for my watchers, I don't know. But I like StreamYard, so I'm not going to leave them just because of that. <laughs> They're better than Zoom for lives. I will say that. So you you mentioned that you did have a teacher online, which I actually know people have done that for too during COVID. So it's a very common thing, especially with COVID. So do you have a mentor that you still use that like you talk to on like a weekly basis to help guide you along your path? Um, I don't talk to her on a weekly basis, but I still work with her a couple times a, a month. Um, her name is Bo and she is uh, with the Sage Method. And it's a seven-week course you can take and then the mentorship. Uh, Bo, she does a lot of crossing over work. So I'm part of a crossing over team with her in which we help spirits cross to the other side, the one stuck in the in-between. And um, so I'm learning a lot about that. I'm new. And again, I second guess myself. I like validation. I like to be able to look and see if I can find facts on the internet. It's not always possible. You just got to trust that it's happening. But she's fearless and she does it all from love like everything about her is love of course and that's that's how you gotta do it it's funny i just released the episode was it this past friday i believe um with or this past saturday i mean with um tina Irwin, who is the ghost she calls her she's called the ghost helper and that's basically all she does is help people cross over she's written books about it as well very interesting person to talk to and so i truly appreciate when people do that work because I honestly need someone to come to my house and do that to the spirits living in my house because it's creeping out my wife and my kids at this point, and I just want to get, get kind of get rid of them. But yeah, there's something here that's creeping out one of my dogs too, and I haven't quite figured out what it is yet. But um, I did have like an experience with a spirit in my son when I, I was younger. Um, we had fallen asleep and we were taking a nap and he woke up before me and I am not one to jump right out of bed. Like I need to come to my senses. I need to slowly wake up. Well, a toddler's not going to slowly wake up. So he was walking around my bed. He was like hitting the side of it. And all of a sudden he stopped and his eyes became fixated across the room at something. And he started saying like little boy, get out of my mom's room, little boy, I don't want you here, little boy. And his eyes were fixated, which was scary. And so I didn't know what was happening. I flipped on every single light in the house. I picked him up, I ran downstairs, I called someone on the telephone. And that was kind of a moment that had me, I mean, it's unforgettable. And so a couple months back um, during meditation, I was able to go back there to that moment and cross him over because I knew he was just looking for someone. He was scared. And so Which, I was need to do that. Yeah. I hear that a lot with children's spirits that they're looking for something that they're just scared and they need. I mean, I think Tina said the same thing when she's helped children's spirits cross over as they, she usually will find like a, she said she'd find like an archangel or an angel to help lead them to the light kind of. Right. Which I don't. I don't. I don't know if you work with angels. I know not all medium psychics work with angels, but I do. But oh, interesting. Which I may have a question about that in a minute. But apparently, Tamara says she has a spirit that keeps turning on her bathroom sink. Ooh. One of those mischievous spirits that likes to play games on people. Yeah. Which we have one of those here too, because my whenever whenever my wife would be in the basement she'll feel like something like stroking her hair or like tugging on it and i don't know if it's the old man who built this house and then later on uh lived here till his death so i don't know if it's him or somebody i don't know we we originally were told by investigators that we have a, a couple living here that built the house they still live here and according to the investigators 
they're, they just like to stick around or keep an eye on the kids because they never had kids of their own. Okay. And I don't know if I believe that now, though, because my wife swears she's seeing other things besides the two spirits. She swears she sees like a little shadow type that figure running through the house. And she said she thinks she sees like four different entities. Is so, it always out of the corner of her eye? Is she just catching glimpses like real quick? Kind of, but sometimes she does get full on feelings because my wife is very sensitive. Okay. She's just too sh she's too shy to ever do anything with it, really. <laughs> right, and that is so. freaky to have someone you know touch or pull on your hair. That that would scare me uh, a couple times when I've been sleeping. Or actually, this was an astral travel experience. Um, I was out of body, I guess, and I was in my kitchen, and I was like coming back towards my bedroom. And something grabbed the front of my pajamas and like yanked me forward. I'm like, whoa, I'm not cool with that. Not cool with the touching there. And then I woke up. So I wasn't an astral or a dream state, but I felt it. And it, it was just like, nope, not good with you. you <laughs> you're touching me and scaring me like that. Yeah, which I mean, astral projection is a very real thing. I, I know it is. And I, I actually have looked into possibly being able to like study it one day to do it because one of my fellow co-hosts on another show I do, Global Strangeness, Deborah, she told us about when she, like during COVID, she took an online course, like a week-long course in it, and she actually can do it to some degree. She's still new at it, so it's a novice that she is, but she's, she said there was a New York City detective that actually was taking the course, too, because to try help him solve crimes, which yeah. I thought, was, I, I found that fascinating. Yeah, no, I do too. And I think we all astral travel. We're just not aware of it. Um, and the first two times my body almost astral travel, it freaked me out so bad that I felt myself like pulling, even though I was asleep, pulling myself back. Um, and I wanted to do it. So I, it just made no sense to me here. I'm wanting to astral travel here. I'm asking to, and then I start to, and it scares me. Uh, but since then I have, and the first time I really remember it, um, I, I felt myself, my spirit go out through my arm. And then I was like in this big open area, like Grand Central Station or a big mall or something. And there was freedom and I could move. And I was like up in the air, looking at everybody around me. And then I was like, but how do I get back to my body? And as soon as I thought that I was back just like that. So. Yeah, those are the magic words. <laughs> yeah. I've been told. I didn't know. I I was like, I know I can get back, but how do I get back? And so it was just thinking that thought. Yep. Which Tamara actually said um, that she is not scared of the spirit, but she it turns on the sink and then the light. So it might be stuck in the bathroom, which I feel bad for that spirit because I wouldn't want to be stuck in someone's bathroom for the rest of my eternity. <laughs> but. No. Apparently, her home used to be a retirement home. Her apartment used to be a retirement, a part of a retirement home. So, okay. probably a lot, probably a lot of spirits running, roaming that place. But. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm getting a little bit of like full body chills. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine living in a place used to be a retirement home. I mean, that's basically death's waiting room almost. I hate to say that, but kind of is true. <laughs> but yeah. so, going back to what you said a minute ago, though. So I was gonna, I was gonna ask eventually. So obviously you believe in angels or heavenly beings of some kind and for those who don't want to call them angels, but so you believe in angels, I believe, or yeah, I'm sorry. The volume went out there for a minute, so I couldn't hear you. Uh, um, yes. Even all those years back, all the research I did was about angels and just recently, um, I'm like, it's always been angels. And so really stepping into archangels and their healing abilities and what each one offers and trying to, to learn more and more about them. Um, do you have a, do you have a particular archangel you use or do you just rotate through the ones based on the needs you have at that point? Um, I feel like Archangel Michael is always with me. And so he's always there. And actually it's funny you should ask because if, I can show this like this is um, I don't know how this camera works, but these are all the crystals associated with the different archangels. And for this interview, I I drew out three to sit next to me. The first one's for Archangel Michael. 
Archangel Raphael, and then this one for Archangel Uriel. Michael is a popular guy, I'll say, because a lot of people I talk to use him. I mean, I think he's one of the most popular ones regardless because of his abilities. But Yes, he's a protector, and he has strength, and he's um, forward movement, so... Well, I mean, yeah, everybody everybody wants to move forward in life. They don't want to move backwards because that's never a good thing. But so if you believe in angels, do you believe in demons or underworld creatures? Because I'd never like to just use one word for anything. But um, I always did growing up believe that there was heaven and there was hell. And now... I don't know. It, it shifted a, a little bit. I, I know there's energy out there that's not for the greatest and highest good of anybody. Um, and I really put a lot of protection around me before I do any of my spiritual practices is to not run into it. I mean, there have been a couple of times I've walked into something and just felt like, oh, I'm going to get sick or been a little bit, bit fearful. But typically I just put a lot of protection around me. Which, yeah, I hear that a lot. And protection must really work if everybody's actually using it and yeah. it actually works against these beings, I'll say. But, um, and that, yeah, that's a common thing. Like, even in like literature, that psychics get sick around demons. Like, they feel like something is wrong with them. Like, they feel nauseous or just upset stomach. Or, I mean, they, these, Demons seem to have that ability when they're around people that they could just inflict that, which it makes sense. But I myself have never, don't ever think I've been around a demon. I could be wrong, but I mean, I definitely met some people who could have been. But yeah, <laughs> there there are ones walking around for sure. Yeah, which makes you wonder why. I mean, yes, I mean they have purposes. Obviously, we are we're taught that growing up, but. Makes you wonder if there is some bigger plan going on where they're trying to actually take power from something or someone. I don't know. I like to speculate, though. <laughs> I, I do a lot of speculating myself. So, Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever had encounters with shadow people? Um, I've caught glimpses of things out of the, the corner of my eyes, like shadows that way, but not shadow people like... Um, not not so much. Like I, I do catch glimpses out of the, the corner of my eye. I don't know a lot about cryptids. So I was looking forward to learning a little bit about them through you too. And like what you, where your interests are. And Oh, well, I can gladly accommodate that. I was just, I, I got in a habit of when I talk to mediums and psychics, not bringing cryptids up because a lot of them just don't either pay attention to them or they don't know about them so they if i bring them up they usually are just like i have no idea but yeah i don't any... know much about them. like bigfoot my grandparents had that experience so always have been aware of um bigfoot and i recently listened to a podcast on black eyed children so i i know that's not probably the same as what you're talking about but um could be i don't know i don't know if they're well, classified as cryptids are they Black-eyed children, and we actually did an episode of Global Strangeness about black-eyed children. Uh, it was one of our first episodes. But they are more classified as an urban legend than a cryptid. Because, okay. there's, because, well, because they happen in cities more than anywhere else. Like, you don't run into black-eyed children in the middle of the woods, at least to my knowledge. I mean, it's, it's highly possible, highly possible, some children of the corn type stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, I didn't I know mean, if it distinguish. I mean, I've looked up the definition because I'm like, oh, I want to know. So that's why I was like, I don't know if they are because I, I know they're not of this like earth or this plane. Like I, I, I don't know where they come from. I don't know how to explain them. But well, I mean, black eyed children, no one really knows where they come from. I mean, it I've heard enough to believe they exist myself, but I don't know if they are demons, if they are some perverted form of a spirit that just a child that died horribly or something like that. And then they just were cursed to become what they became. I mean, demons are one of the bigger things that people account them to. And mm -hmm. apparently there are black eyed children and white eyed children. White eyed children are a newer phenomenon. And people say that the white eyed children control the black eyed children. Okay. I've which I didn't learn about. I learned about that a couple months ago. I didn't really know that was a thing even until we did our episode on it and I was researching. 
And I was like, really? <laughs> I never, in all my 20 years of hearing of black-eyed children, I never heard of white-eyed children. But, yeah, I mean, black-eyed children are very similar to almost vampire mythos. because I would have said all, vampires, yeah, would be my closest thing. Which we just released an episode of Global Strange just this past Sunday about vampires that we did. And we tried to focus more on real occurrences where people were supposedly or there are where there are supposedly vampires like Highgate Cemetery in London and the famous Mercy Brown case in Rhode Island or Connecticut. I forget the date now, but it's back in like the eighteen hundreds. But that was just tuberculosis misdiagnosed by people who didn't know better. <laughs> but basically, I mean, black eyed children, I mean, everybody knows they knock at your door or at your car door and they want you to let them in. But the newer thing with them is they try is people have like walked up to, I've seen kids in like the median of a busy street in a city and they'll go up to them and be like, Hey, are you okay, kid? Like, do you need help? And they'll turn around and the eyes will be completely black. And that's when people just like walk away or run away as fast as they can because they know the urban legends of it and they don't want to get involved with these creatures. Right. Yeah. I I mean, because no one's ever told the tale of what happens if you let them in your house. And there's probably a reason why they ha that hasn't gotten out. <laughs> so there's probably a reason for that. But I assume if you let them in, you're not going to be living much longer. But yeah. well, I mean, they know but, how to prey on vulnerabilities because, you, you know, the natural instinct is to help a child. But yeah, obviously there's something off and that's what every always is reported. There's something off and off ill about them. Plus their eyes. Yeah, there is. I mean, and I mean, it's just one of those things in par the paranormal that we don't have enough answers to the questions for because... There's, it's an interesting thing. Like all the all the good ones are interesting, but the ones we know the least about are the most interesting because we don't know them. Right. I mean, but I do want to hear about your grandparents' bigfoot story. I I'm so happy you brought that back up because it completely slipped my mind the last half hour or so. No, it was such a big part of my childhood because if you had them together, they shared the story. If you had them apart, they'd share the story. And it was always the exact same story. It never changed. And when they would tell it, they'd always have a look in their eye, like they were going back and experiencing it. But they were in uh, the Klamath or Klamath Falls, Oregon. And they were down by a river and they were with their dog. And the dog started barking and they looked up and across the river, they saw this Bigfoot, this huge, I don't even know how to describe it, this huge man, this huge, you know, figure across their hair, um, top to bottom. And it started swimming across the, the water, the river towards them. And that's when they decided to, to leave. And they had a hill that they had to climb up and their car was parked at the top. But that was their experience. And you couldn't ever convince them because people would try, oh, I'm sure you saw maybe a bear, maybe this. They're like, nope, that's not what it was. Which, yeah, and, and when people truly see Bigfoot, they know it's not a bear. They know it's not, but it's just the way, I mean, and I would love, I wish they told you details on how it swam. I mean, I know they're probably trying to get out of there, but I would love to hear how Bigfoot actually swims because I never heard anybody talk about a Bigfoot swimming. Yeah, no, I, they didn't really explain it. They were hightailing it out there, but it started moving across. And maybe it just started walking. I mean, both of them have been passed. So it's been a long time since I've heard the story, but it went into the water and they, they got out of there. They weren't going to wait for it to come out on the other side. Yeah. I mean, Bigfoot may have just been taking a bath too. Who knows? Yeah, but it it's a hundred percent possible, but I, I mean, yeah, I can't say, I mean, I would stick around for a minute maybe just to see what intentions are. But I mean, up in the Northwest out there, which is a huge area for Bigfoot is the Northwest, as you I'm sure, you know, but, yes. and I mean, they are, they tend to be more aggressive out in that part of the country from what I've heard. And I think it's because people we've been, we've been taking away their homes for hundreds of years now with logging and whatnot. So I think that's why they're aggressive. I think because they're, taught as young Bigfoots not to trust humans and not right. to I mean that's where you hear all the stories of oh I would of truckers like parking on the side of the road for the night and all of a sudden they hear something banging around the outside of their truck and next thing they know the next morning there's a huge boulder dent in the side of their truck or a huge like fist prints in the side of their truck from the Bigfoot like 
I just think out there, Bigfoots are more aggressive towards humans. I mean, out here in the East, we tend to leave most forest alone for the last couple hundred years. I mean, I mean, yeah, sure, when colonials came over, who knows what they did? They destroyed everything. But we just, most forests don't change out here because it's state property and no one could touch it. No one could try to cut down the trees. So, right. besides the state. Dimensional? I think they must be dimensional or on another plane and they just kind of step in and out of our plane of existence. I've had a lot of people on the show that try to tell me that they are and like these are investigators who investigate Bigfoot constantly, and they say that Bigfoot is ultra terrestrial, which means interdimensional. Right. But I don't know because I mean, yes, it's highly possible. It's it could be it very it very well could be. I could be one hundred percent wrong on this, but I personally like to believe that Bigfoot are have been on this Earth as long as humans, if not longer. Okay. I am a big I'm a big proponent of the Dragampithecus uh, uh, theory that they were around the same time as Homo sapiens back in the caveman days. But Homo sapiens started to kill them out, and we thought for a long time that Homo sapiens did kill that race out. But what if they just, and they, because they were bigger than humans, they were usually eight, nine, eight, nine feet tall. Um, so I don't know, like, do, <laughs> I'm not sure, like, I, that's my theory I lean to, is I think they just got better at hiding, and they said, all right, these guys are killing us. They're going that way we're going to go this way and we're just going to spread out and hide in the woods. And okay. that way build our homes in the trees and in the woods where no one can find us. And cause they are intelligent. They're highly, highly intelligent, but mm -hmm. the reason people usually go to the ultra terrestrial side of it for Bigfoot is because the whole question of what happens to the bodies. Oh, well, that's it's, a good question. Because there's been, there's been stories before of Bigfoot being shot by hunters and, the guy will come back in town the next day. This is like a lot of these were like in the forties, fifties, sixties, even seventies. And the guy come back in town the next day and be like, I shot a Bigfoot. And then they, and then him and his buddies drive up to, sh to show where he buried the body. And nope, body's gone. Which in my theory, <laughs> in my theory, they either, I think the Bigfoots take the body. I think they take the body and they do some kind of ritual with it that they have been doing for thousands of years. They either, I mean, I don't know if they know how to make fire, but maybe they burn it or maybe they just bring it into cave systems and bury it there where no human will find it. Because a big proponent of Bigfoot for me also is the cave systems in America. I mean, there's a huge one in the East Coast. There's a huge one in the West Coast. And there's some in the middle too, but the coasts have a lot bigger cave systems. And that's my theory for a lot of cryptids is these cave systems hide the cryptids and let them travel where they need to travel without being bothered. Because human beings don't go into these caves all the way. Never have they never has the cave system on the East Coast been explored 100% by humans. There are so many twists and turns and dead ends that it be it be deadly for humans to try to explore that without right. being prepared. Yeah, and I think I think that's what a lot of cryptids do. I think they know like humans don't go past this point. We're gonna go in all the way, and we're gonna just chill here and make it our home. At least for some of the some parts of the United States. But yeah, no, that that would make make sense. I definitely am not a fan of caves, so you wouldn't be finding me in there chasing one. I mean, I'd be more scared of finding a bear than a Bigfoot because I think a bear would kill you before a Bigfoot would. But but then again, I don't know. A bear just might want to cuddle with you and bear hug. I don't know. But I, I it's just because that's my theory. That's always been my theory is that they use these caves. And that also explains a lot of the missing 411, which are people who have disappeared in the woods over the last 40, 50 years and never, no bodies found. No one knows what happened to them. They disappear in the woods. And I think cryptids are to blame in the cave because I think they, these people get too close to the cave systems and cryptids are just protecting their home, whether it's Bigfoot or dogmen or pick a cryptid, basically pick a cryptid. And most of them, I think, live in cave systems. Well, let me ask you about, um, because I was meditating the other day, and as I was going into to meditation, I was thinking about this podcast. And before I could even, you know, ground clear protect, I think I saw a cryptid come in, and it was almost like Komodo dragon like. I, I saw its face come in. I saw the side of the face. It looked like um, almost teardrop from side to side, like the shape of the eyes. And then it was um, 
long though. It was long like an alligator or a crocodile or something like that, but it was pliable. It was flexible. It, I, what? I, said, I can't jump into you right now because I need to protect and then I will. And then I didn't see it again. Was it on all fours or was it walking bipedal? I, I had a feeling that it could do either. And when it needed to, it could stretch like standing when going up. That, I mean, well, there's something, I mean, well, everybody knows that there's a, a extraterrestrial species that's been known to be on Earth for a long, long, long time, like thousands of years, supposedly. And it's, they're called reptilians. Okay. And... But there also is a lesser known cryptid, which may be the same thing. I mean, people speculate that, but the lizard man, there's like, there's a famous one in Skateboard Swamp in Louisiana, I think it was. Okay. I, I, might, I might be wrong in the state 100% on that, but it was Skateboard Swamp and they called it the lizard man. It made the papers back in like the 60s or 70s, I think, or maybe even 50s. It made the paper back then. It was a well known cryptid case for any paranormal investigator or anybody into the cryptids. They've done episodes of monster quest and all those shows on it as well but people often think that they may just, may just be reptilians that people didn't know the word reptilian yet so they just called it a lizard man okay but reptilians have been known for people believe that, that reptilians interacted with, with ancient civilizations like the egyptians and the aztecs and that's where they got a lot of their advancements from so you i mean and there is a huge part of people that believe that reptilians have psychic abilities and that they interact with mediums and psychics for right. good or bad. That's an opinion, but I, I didn't get the, uh, the feeling it was a reptilian because I think I, I have had interactions like in the past, just in passing or just a feeling. And, um, it didn't, I don't think it was like a re reptilian, like, um, hmm. from the galaxy i'm trying to I'm trying to think that i mean well let me put it this way i i was talking to someone the other day who wrote a book vincent his name is vincent field he wrote a book called lucid dreaming and astral, astral projection mm -hmm. and he is a very big practicer of both of those practices and he he said that when he astral projects and lucid dreams he goes through multiple different dimensions on like more than you can count right. and he's met a lot of different types of extraterrestrials or just creatures in general that he can't explain. So maybe you were kind of lucid dreaming when you were meditating and going into another dimension and you just, maybe you were getting a glimpse of one of their occupants. That could be, I mean, I believe anything is possible. And so I never discount the possibility of anything. I, I keep yeah. being surprised and that's the best part of this too, is there's always something new around the, the corner. I don't know how it all comes together, but I know that, they're pretty incredible experiences. Yeah, I mean, I other than that, I can't think of any known cryptid that looks like that. I mean, okay. Well, like I a, thought I was like gonna a, ask because I was thinking about the podcast, and so I'm like, well, maybe just popped in to give it a shout out. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, uh, you, you did this last week, you said, or earlier this week? It was. Um, like three days ago, probably. Okay, oh, so that would have been. Yeah, I didn't. All right, I was gonna say, I'm like, I'm like, if it was last week, then maybe you just were like, maybe it was around the same time, the same time I was interviewing this guy, and it just like kind of, like the the spirits, like or not spirits, but the like wavelengths lined up, and it kind of like intersected what we were talking about. But yeah. if it was if it was three days ago or so, then no, that wasn't it. But I, I mean, I that to me would be the most likely explanation because I can't think of a cryptid that is i mean yeah there's tons of lizard cryptids out there and just random reptile cryptids that people have seen once or twice but none that i could think of that are like major cryptids okay that's, but that's that's so interesting later. maybe like you'll be sitting later and getting ready to fall asleep and then you'll be like oh, i got it or it'll come to you or maybe you know in the future they'll find one hmm. very possible very possible so, oh, what was I was gonna say, but well, what 
were there any other cryptids you were interested in? Because I mean, I could go on all day about cryptids, but <laughs> I, I just don't know a whole lot about them. Um, so, well, let me ask you this: Do okay. you believe in do you believe in extraterrestrials? Absolutely. Yep. So, I mean, because extra well. And that, and it's kind of the same question as Bigfoot, because a lot of people believe extraterrestrials are ultra-terrestrial as well, mm -hmm. and that they come through dimensions, and that's how they travel to Earth. But there's still plenty of people who believe the old-school idea that they travel through space to get here, or maybe there's a mix of both. I mean, I've been told about both, so I tend to believe about both, but... I, I was never like, I always watched Star Wars, but I was never really into those movies and things like that about extraterrestrials until it yeah. came into um, my whole practice and learning more about me and everything that I'm like, I accept it. I accept that the energy's out there. I mean, as humans, we would have to be very egotistical to think that we're the only forms of life in this infinite, infinite. I can't even say the word, this universe that just goes on forever. And um, yeah. yeah, in this in this infinite world, in this infinite universe we yes. live in that yes. is continue, and the universe is continuously growing is from what we learn. It destroys itself and it creates more of itself and it creates more than it destroys. So it really is infinite. And yeah, I like what you said is 100% why I agree with that. It'd be egotistical to think we're the only intelligent species alone, the only species out there. So, and it's, so, have you ever because i i've talked to a few on this podcast have you heard of star seeds yes i have i wouldn't be surprised if i didn't have some energy um from another place in me if i haven't hadn't experienced something past lives somewhere else also well i mean it's possible I'll, I'll, there's a huge handful of psychics i talk to who are star seeds as well and Right. Hey. I don't call myself a starseed, but I do believe that um, I do have connections there also. But uh, actually, well, okay, well, this is actually a good question because this is actually my co-host from another show I do. And he does do tarot readings and he he happened to pop in and saw we were talking and he wanted, he wanted to know basically is there a way to do tarot card readings incorrectly or is there really no such thing as that? Okay, well, when it comes to reading tarot cards, um, I haven't been doing it for a very long time. I started during um, COVID 2020, and I um, stepped into learning, and I found I had a connection with the cards, and I learned the traditional meanings of the cards. I knew what the cards meant, what the different elements were, but when I read, I read intuitively, and so... I don't read in the traditional manner and I just read what the card is saying to me. So as long as your intent is good and positive, I don't think there's a way you can read them incorrectly. Like if you feel pulled to read what you're seeing in it, and it doesn't necessarily jive with the traditional meaning. I think that's okay. Which uh, Chancey has actually been on this show and he, he did a tarot card reading for someone in the uh, audience at that point. So. Oh. Cool. Yeah, it's his episode will be releasing, I think, the first week of October, if I'm not mistaken. It's I have so many episodes built up that I <laughs> when you record four to five times a week, you build up a lot of episodes and I release twice a week, so they do come out somewhat fast, but it builds up. But yeah, extraterrestrials are I one of my favorite topics is aliens. It always has been, and just because X Files and everything else along with that. So I mean and we all, I mean, yeah, we all, everybody watched X-Files when it was on because it was one of the best shows on TV at that point, but. Right, and I did have an experience, um, not like anybody else's experience. It just was seeing something in the sky that I'm like, what is that? But um, in March or April, 2020, I had gotten up to get some water in the middle of the night and I like to sleep with the blinds open out in that area. And so I walked over and was looking out into the yard and all of a sudden this light, it, three lights actually caught my attention. And it's almost like it felt me that it felt that I was there because it kind of stopped and then started to drop down and come like towards the window. And I literally 
there was a wall here. So I was standing against the wall like this going, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the time I'm going to be abducted or I'm going to find out something. And my heart was racing so fast. And then I stepped back and looked out the window. It was still there and it flew away. It was pretty amazing. And Chancey wanted to say thank you for the information on the tarot cards. Sure. I hope it helps. Well, I mean, it's funny because I actually, that's my other experience. And I'll tell you about it real fast because it's a fast one anyway. About, um, it was two years ago now. So actually right around 2020, probably. I was at my wife's, my now wife, then girlfriend's house down the South Shore of Massachusetts. And we were coming in from the backyard with the kids and it was getting dark. And my son all of a sudden stopped me. He's like, why are those stars moving? And I'm like, I probably was drinking a little bit that day too. So I was like, because it's any day outside, I have to drink because I hate being outside. But I was like, what are you talking about? Stars moving? I look up, I'm like, oh. And there they really were seven or eight or nine. I always forget the number, but star shaped objects all moving in the same direction at the same speed through the sky. And oh as everybody knows, the human eye cannot see stars move. That's just impossible. So when I saw that, I was just like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, well, buddy, that's aliens on their way home, basically. Because they, they didn't look like they were close to Earth at all. They looked like they were in space, just traveling in like a brigade or a battalion, whatever you want to call it, or whatever, right. whatever they call it. And it's just, I mean, I don't. So, I mean, that was my one experience seeing UFOs and I mean, my wife thinks that she's been abducted since she was a kid, and she thinks that, I mean, I I think she may be a starseed, honestly, because she yeah. has a lot of the same uh, common occurrences with her that happen with starseeds. I don't want to go into too much detail because she'll kill me, but <laughs> I, yeah, so yeah. I think she might be a starseed. I, br- I brought it up to her last week after talking to one of my guests about starseeds, and I was like, you know what? You may be one. She was like, you think? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, but... The only way you can figure it out is to try to meditate more, try to figure out who you are more. I mean, that's yeah. the only way you could truly figure out like who you are. But have you ever so. heard of um, Andrea? I think her last name is Perron, P-E-R-R-O-N. Vaguely was, familiar sounding. She, um, I was watching Gaia once, an interview. I, I can't remember the show. I'm so sorry. I would give a shout out if I could. Um, but they were doing an interview with her and she was the oldest daughter of the house. The conjuring was based on that movie. Um, and she, she was a real life daughter of it. And so she was sharing her story, three part episode. The first two was about what happened in the house, but the last episode, which I think is the whole reason I was supposed to, to, um, watch it was talking about her experience with extraterrestrials. And she was talking about being outside and seeing all these different shapes up in the sky, which caught my attention because I see a lot of shapes around me and um, like rectangles a lot, they move around and stuff. So I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder if the whole reason I'm watching this is because um, I have a connection there. So I went on to do a little research about her and she was talking about conferences she went to. And she said it was interesting because a lot of the attendees are, and maybe I misinterpreted, but many of the people who go are firstborn children, light, like green or blue eyes with an RH negative factor. And all three of those are me. And so I was like, oh, wow, like, look at how the world connects. And I thought it was pretty, pretty cool and something I needed to start looking into. So that's really where I was like, hmm, I need to start looking into this extraterrestrial stuff a little more. Yes. And I mean, uh, RH negative, what the, I'm not sure what that means. I never heard of that. Um, it's so, <laughs> I'm so bad with biology and explaining things. It's um, the blood type. So you're either like A negative, A positive. And so um, I'm a negative. So um, both my parents carry the negative recessive gene. So I'm RH negative. And it's kind of a big thing because if you give birth to a positive child, it's possible that your body starts producing um, things to fight that for the next child. And so 
you have to take your RH test. And um, yeah, my first child was RH negative, so we were okay. And my second one was positive. Um, but had it been reversed and I didn't get the shot, it would have been not good. I okay. could have. Oh, RH negative. It must mean recessive hereditary negative. Yeah, I think so. Okay, because I was a biology major. I just, I never heard that actual verbiage before. So I was like, huh? <laughs> but that makes sense. That makes sense to me now. Okay. And the only reason I remember is I had to get a couple extra shots in pregnancy and I didn't like that. So that's what it was for. Yeah, which, okay, good good to know that for the future when people say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, actually, okay, because I wanted to ask you about this before we got off. You wrote a children's book. I was kind of curious. I was kind of curious what it's about. Um, well, I'm the mom of four boys, and as you know, children have, like, these huge Im imaginations, and so it's a book about putting one of my kids to bed. Now it's based on one of my kids. Um, his nickname is Bear and the book's called Goodnight Sweet Bear and just stalling at bedtime and wanting to play every game imaginable. And, you know, there are a lot of really small touches in that book. And the cool thing about that book is I had been thinking about it for a long time. Um, but I never got around to writing it. And one day I was on a road trip and it started writing itself in my head and it started writing itself in rhyme. And so I couldn't wait to get to the airport to start writing it down. It was coming so fast. So I had a little help there. That was a push from my guides. Like you just need to write this thing. Yeah. Which I mean, uh, I, I, that's, that's actually awesome because I I can relate to that. My daughter does that where like before bed it's always oh she has to she has to do this first she has to do that first she has to get she has to make sure she has all three nightlights on the right color <laughs> like it's just never right. ending <laughs> it's never ending and I mean she's getting I mean event and then it's, oh I want brother to sleep in my bed with me I'm like oh come on he doesn't want to he's three years older than you he wants to stay in his own room do his own thing <laughs> but yeah. Uh, they're, they're fun. I, I miss them and wouldn't trade trade a minute of that time with them and those games we used to play. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I probably won't either. I probably will feel the same way in a few years when they get older. But right, right. now, it's still it's still that aggravating point. <laughs> but especially when it's like I got a podcast to do in a half hour. Come on, go to bed. <laughs> like, yeah. But man, yeah, that's just the way it goes, basically, with kids, and I know that very well. So. Yeah. The question I'll end this on is what advice would you share with anyone who's going through a spiritual awakening like you did? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I think um, the biggest advice is to trust yourself, um, to explore it and to find people you can talk to and share your experiences with. Um, I'd also recommend don't compare yourself to where other people are what other people can do because you're going to always feel like, wow, they can do that. That's really cool. And kind of discount yourself. So really um, step into trusting yourself. Don't compare yourself to other people and then find people you can talk to about it and be excited about the journey. Be excited about what's going to happen when the next door opens. Very well put. Very well put, I think. And yes, it's good to have a mentor going through any part of life that's new to you. And something like this, you definitely should have a mentor for because you could go down a very wrong road if you don't, if you are trying to open your mind to things. And there are things out there that want to take advantage of that. And if you don't know what to do to protect yourself, you can get some bad mojo going your way. Right. And, it, you know, it's all universal timing. And so opening up versus the empath and like getting these pieces of information coming in and having like, okay, I kind of... I don't know what's going on. I have all these, like you're juggling, you have too many things you're juggling. And then meeting my mentor and stepping into her program, it almost felt like she laid out a puzzle or gave me the puzzle pieces and I could start placing them and putting them together and getting that deeper base. So I, I feel like I have a really good foundation to build off of. And I'm so incredibly thankful for the opportunity. And again, universal, universal timing, they brought that, to my attention. So I'm 
incredibly grateful. Yes, and lead with gratitude. That's also important. Be grateful. I agree. I agree. You should be grateful for everything you receive in life. So, so where can people find you if they want to find out more about you or if they want to try to get your services? Um, I have two websites, but if you go to spirituallysituated.com, that's uh, my blog. And you'll notice I only have one blog in there so far, but I'm going to be working on adding some more. But my contact information is in that. Okay, perfect. And, and I'm happy my... for questions okay. too. Like if people have questions or just want to, I love chatting about this stuff. So just reach out, have a conversation. All right. Well, there you go, people. You can find out more for yourself if you like. And I strongly advise you do. But as all my listeners know, you can find me on Paranormal Beauty Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcasts with a S Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. You can find me on YouTube as Paranormal Beauty Normal. Just search the name, it'll come up. And you can find us on TikTok as Juggalo Bastard Podcasts. No paranormal videos up there yet, but hopefully by the time this episode drops, I will have a few. I'm almost done, I'm almost done getting the other podcasts on. Breaking them down to 10 minute segments is such a pain in the butt. But, <laughs> and I will thank Michelle for coming on. It's been an amazing episode, very fun conversations, and I will thank her coming on. I love Podmatch. I've yet to have a bad person come off it, and I've done at least 10 or 15 of them now, so off that side. So great. Thank you, I've, Jamie. I have enjoyed being here and being able to push my comfort zone a little bit and chatting with you. Thank you. Well, I'm glad I could help get you out in the world a little bit more. It's always a good thing. When people, when people with abilities can talk about them, it's always a great thing. And I will catch my listeners in about half a week, and I will catch any watchers in a, two days. I believe I have another paranormal interview, or actually tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm sorry, tomorrow. But thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and 